This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Hubble, spelt H-U-B-B-L. It fuses streaming and free-to-air TV into a single experience, which means you don't have to go in and out of apps to discover content you'll love. Hubble, it's TV and streaming made easy. Good morning, I'm Siobhan Moran-McFarlane. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Wednesday the 11th of January. In your Squiz today, a plan to cut Aussie emissions, walking a fine line with China, restoring the beautiful game, and TikTok's top reads. This is your Squiz today. Claire, we're barely a week into the new year, but already there are some big policy issues on the table. Yesterday, the Albanese government outlined how greenhouse gas emissions from Oz's business sector will be reduced as part of Australia's international commitments to limit the effects of global warming. Yeah, we're certainly not strolling lightly into the new year, are we, when it comes to these things? And look, squizzes will remember that we talked quite a bit last year about the new federal government's upping of the targets to reduce emissions. So the Morrison government's short-term target was a 26 to 28% cut uh, compared to 2005 levels by 2030, but the Albanese government lifted that to a 43% cut. And after winning the election, they took that commitment to the United Nations summit and they also locked it in with legislation. Saying it is one thing and doing it is another. And yesterday, the Energy and Climate Minister Chris Bowen outlined plans for big industrial greenhouse gas emitters. We're talking about the mining and refinery sector and also heavy manufacturers. They would have to make cuts of about 5% every year until 2030. As you say, how this is actually going to work has been a big question. And yesterday, the details were put on the table with something that sounds very technical called a safeguard mechanism, with the government penalising those who don't step up. Yeah, so each industrial emitter will be given a carbon limit. Uh, If you come in under your target, you'll have a carbon credit that you can sell to emitters who come in over their target. And Bowen admits that it's all very complicated. But he says that it's a balanced package, uh, which will be open for consultation with the industry and also with climate groups and the community. And to help those businesses move to cleaner operations, the government has earmarked about $600 million uh, to fund that help. This is a proposal at this point, so get set for a lot more discussion on it. And it's not the only measure we'll need to reach the 2030 target, but it will get us about halfway there, they reckon. But if we needed some inspiration, we can take heart from a United Nations report that came out yesterday, which says that global effort to reduce the hole in the ozone layer is working and it could be completely restored within decades. So they say that global action does work. Another big issue facing the Albanese government this year is our relationship with China and the economy, both of which came up yesterday at the five finance ministers meeting attended by our treasurer, Jim Chalmers, and his counterparts from the US, UK, Canada and New Zealand, Claire. 
Yeah, so top of the agenda was the ongoing effects of the war in Ukraine and also COVID-related supply chain issues. Uh, They're both set to cast an ongoing shadow on economies around the world. Chalmers also called for international cooperation uh, in the face of what he says is the threat and use of economic coercion. And while Chalmers didn't name names, that's really code for China. And in recent days, Japan has called for a crackdown on China China. Uh, they've labelled its anti-competitive trade practices a clear and present danger. Yes, it's interesting timing because yesterday China's ambassador to Australia, Xiao Chen, gave a rare press conference and warned against allowing our differences to, quote, hijack the relationship. And he called 2022 an extraordinary year and praised the Albanese government for a reset in the diplomatic relationship. Yesterday, we spoke about the riots at several key government buildings in Brazil's capital, Claire, and they were carried out by supporters of former President Jair Bolsonaro, which resulted in the mass arrests of about 1,500 people. But there's been another dramatic turn of events as he was admitted to hospital in Florida with severe abdominal pains. So to go back to the 2018 presidential election campaign in Brazil, Bolsonaro was stabbed at a campaign rally and it was really serious. He very nearly died and yesterday he posted to social media that he had to go to hospital because he suffers from complications from that injury. However, he was discharged and it's really been a pretty dramatic few days in Brazil. Uh, Last week, President Lula was sworn in uh, and of course, early this week, as you mentioned, thousands of those supporters of Bolsonaro stormed those government buildings in the capital. Despite not being in Brazil, at the time of the riots, a lot of people are holding Bolsonaro directly accountable for the violence. And that prompted tens of thousands of people to join pro-democracy rallies and calls for him to be jailed for inciting the uprising. Speaking of unprecedented violence, Claire, it's impossible to forget those images from the pitch invasion at last month's A-League men's Melbourne derby. And yesterday, Football Australia handed down the heaviest sanctions ever seen in Aussie soccer as a result. So just to recall, there were about 150 fans that stormed that field and that forced organisers to suspend the match after Melbourne City goalie uh, Tom Glover and also referee Alex King were injured. The Melbourne Victory Club has been blamed for bringing the game into disrepute and it's been hit with a record fine of $550,000. There's also a suspended 10-point deduction hanging over the club for the next three seasons and that could could be triggered by any serious support or misconduct in the future. FA boss James Johnson called the punishment a necessary step to protect the sacred field of play. The match will be replayed in April from the 22-minute mark, with Melbourne City's 1-0 lead remaining in place. We talk a lot about cybercrime and hacking because almost every day there seems to be some breaking news about another big data breach. But NordVPN can help protect you online 
kind of like a cyber bodyguard. It protects your personal and sensitive data while you're online to stop it from falling into the wrong hands. That way, you don't have to worry about keeping your identity and private data safe every time you log on. And even if you make a mistake and click on a dodgy link or open a suspicious email, NordVPN's threat protection will kick in and delete it before it makes a mess of your computer. To find out more and get a great discount, visit nordvpn.com forward slash squiz today. Getting stuck into a good book is something many of us enjoy at this time of year. (laughs) And yesterday, the leading books when it comes to sales were unveiled. And there's one author who's really blitzed the Aussie charts in 2022. Yeah, there sure is. Her name is Colleen Hoover. She's an American romance author and she's really been embraced on TikTok. Uh, I'm not on TikTok myself, but the (laughs) really cool kids tell me that there's a sub-community on the platform that's called BookTok and it's become hugely influential with young readers, particularly in America, but also here in Australia. So it's so much so that Hoover took out four of the top 10 titles here in Australia when it comes to sales. Some of them were books that were written six and seven years ago, but people also say, at least, it means that young people are reading. (laughs) Uh, Yes. So Colleen Hoover's 2016 novel, It Ends With Us, sold more than 216,000 copies. That was at the number one spot. The number two spot was another TikTok favourite, Delia Owens's Where the Crawdads Sing. And there was some Aussie representation with finance guru Scott Papes, Barefoot Kids in number three. Squeeze the day, Claire, and we love a bit of Hollywood glamour. Today's 80th Golden Globe ceremony could be just the ticket. That's on later this morning, but there's still a bit of controversy attached. Yeah, there sure is. And you might remember in recent years, the Golden Globes has really been in focus with the awards organisers criticised for a lack of diversity, particularly on the judging panel and in those who get the awards. Uh, And also there were some issues with the administration of that organisation. And you might remember that last year it got so bad that no one broadcast the event and even Tom Cruise said that he was going to give back his trophies from the Golden Globes. But look, we're moving on. It is on this morning and it will be broadcast. Yes, it absolutely is. So keep your eyes peeled today for a red carpet gallery or two, I reckon. Yeah, I think you're right. That's it from us today. Thanks for listening and we'll be back with you again tomorrow. Hi there, it's Bryce from Squiz Kids, the daily news podcast for small people. March is Women's History Month, and we're celebrating over on our socials. Every weekday this month, we're throwing the spotlight on a different iconic woman from Australia's rich history. Follow us on Instagram via the handle at SquizKids to learn the backstories of some incredible Aussie women, and together, honour their legacies.